This podcast is presented to you by Passion Church and their campus in Alexander City, Alabama. For more information, visit www.mypassion.church. Before we come to Sunday morning, there was Friday, Saturday, three days, Jesus talked about, three significant days. And the at, these are taken from the, all four Gospels have uh, excerpts, have an account. Each one uh, brings some of the same perspective and then some things that are a little different that really amplifies and gives us a picture. And it's important that we have the background uh, so that we can see what the Lord wants us to see today. How many of you are looking and listening and need the Lord to speak to you today? To tell me and show me something. And you know when the Lord tells us and he shows us something, it changes our life. Isn't that true? The Bible begins, it says, at night in the garden, Judas along with a large crowd of men that were sent from the religious leaders, they came and it says they took him. They took him to stand trial before Caiaphas, the high priest, and the Jewish high council where he was condemned. Before dawn that morning, all the chief priests and religious leaders had resolved to take action and they took him to Pilate for a governmental judgment. And Pilate caved into the crowd and ordered that the will of the people be done. He ordered that Jesus be scourged and then afterward to be crucified. Then it says that the guards, they took him into the military compound. The Bible recounts that there were 600, a division of 600 soldiers surrounded him. There they stripped him, they spit in his face, they beat him, mocking and ridiculing him. And then, finally, the contingent, the crucifixion contingent, they took him to Golgotha and they crucified him, nailing him to a cross, and there Jesus died. It was Friday. All right, so I'm going to read uh, to you out of Luke 23, uh, verses 50 through 56, and this is in the Passion Translation. And uh, uh, if you'll notice that in 53, it emphasizes about that Jesus took the body. Amen. Um, So starting in verse uh, 50, there was also a member of the Jewish council named Joseph from the village of Ramah a good-hearted, honorable man who was eager for God's kingdom to appear. He had strongly disagreed with the decision of the council to crucify Jesus. He came before Pilate and asked permission to take the body of Jesus for a proper burial, and Pilate granted his request. So he took the body from the cross, wrapped it in the winding sheet of linen, and placed it in a new, unused tomb chiseled out of solid rock. It was preparation day, and the Sabbath was fast approaching. The women who had been companions of Jesus from the beginning saw all that had taken that took place and carefully contemplated how the body was laid in the tomb. Afterward, they returned home and prepared, for, pre, prepared fragrant spices and ointments and were planning to anoint his body after the Sabbath was completed according to the commandments of the law. Now, fast forward to Sunday morning. We're going to go over to Matthew. Hold on here a minute. Uh We're going to go to Matthew 28 and verses 1 through 6, the resurrection of Jesus. After the Sabbath ended, at the first light of dawn, on the first day of the week, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary went to take a look at the tomb. Suddenly the earth shook violently beneath their feet as the angel of Yahweh descended from heaven. Lightning flashed around him, and his robe was dazzling white. The guards were stunned and terrified, lying motionless like dead men. 
Then the angel walked up to the tomb, rolled away the stone, and sat on top of it. The women were breathless and terrified until the angel said to them, There's no reason to be afraid. I know you're here looking for Jesus who was crucified. He isn't here. He has risen victoriously. Just as he said, come inside the tomb and see the place where our Lord was lying. All right, and the final one that I'm going to read is in John and verses 20, and I'm going to read verses 1 uh, through 10 in the Passion Translation. One through seven. Oh, okay. Yeah. All right, well, I guess we're going to stop before 10. Very, I'll, fi- I'll finish okay. at 10. Very early Sunday morning before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone that sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away. So she went running as fast as she could to go tell Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. She told them, they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb, and we don't know where he is. Then Peter and the other disciple jumped up and ran to the tomb to go see for themselves. They started out together, but the other disciples outran Peter and reached the tomb first. He didn't enter the tomb, but peeked in and saw only the linen cloths lying there. Then Peter came behind him and went right into the tomb. He too noticed the linen cloth lying there. But the burial cloth that had been on Jesus' head had been rolled up and placed separate from the other cloths. Now, I just wanted to share a little something uh, here with you uh, about, uh, you know, that I had, had read. And I just thought it was just so powerful, you know, that this was the significance of this napkin, this cloth being folded, not just thrown to the side, that if you go back and look in the Hebrew, uh, you know, this is what, to help you to understand the significance of this, um, I'll go and going to read this to you. Um, let me... Okay, in order to understand the significance of the folded napkin, you'll have to understand a bit about the Hebrew tradition in that day. A folded napkin had to do with a master and a servant. And every Jewish boy knew this tradition. When the servant set the dinner table for the master, he made sure that it was exactly the way the master wanted it. The table was furnished perfectly, and then the servant would wait just out of sight until the master had finished eating. And the servant would not dare touch that table until the master was finished. Now, if the master were done eating, he would rise from the table, wipe his fingers, his mouth, clean his beard, and would wad up the napkin and toss it on the table. The servant would then know to clear the table, for in those days the wadded napkin meant, I'm done. But if the master got up from the table, folded his napkin, and laid it beside his plate, the servant would not dare touch that table because the folded napkin meant, I'm coming back. He is coming back. Amen. I just, you know, it just makes my heart well. Anyway, when I read that, I just get, you know, think about, you know, there are so many significance, you know, so we don't take a lot of time, but there are so many things in the Bible that we truly don't understand and know that there was a purpose, you know, but most of all, the purpose that God had was for you and for me to have eternal life and to live a victorious life. Amen. Amen. I want to read uh, a little further down into John uh, 20 and 21, uh, 21 through 10, where it said that er- very early on Sunday morning before sunrise, Mary Magdalene made her way to the tomb. And when she arrived, she discovered that the stone ha- that sealed the entrance to the tomb was moved away. So she went running as fast as she could, as she could to go tell Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved. She's talking about John there. She told them they've taken the Lord's body from the tomb and we don't know 
where he is. Remember, we 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 are looking at two threads uh, here. The first one being they took him. They took him from the garden. They took him to uh, the trial at, at Caiaphas and the high council, or the religious high council, the chief priests, the Sanhedrin, and they condemned him. Then they took him to Pilate. And Pilate uh, gave him over to the guard, and the guard took him to uh, the uh, center, to the uh, their quarters, and then the contingent of crucifixion took him to Golgotha, and they crucified him there. And there he died. And here we have Mary. You know, we're in this we're we're in this <clears throat> moment where. They have taken the Lord. And this continues. Uh, this, is, this is her perspective. This is the position. That not just her, but the disciples. Everyone that had followed him, trusted him, heard about Jesus. This was national news, so to speak. These were the headlines. And at the heart of that is that they have taken. You can hear in her cry, she goes, they've taken the Lord's body. And we don't know where he is. I want to talk today about people perhaps that have experienced the pain of loss, significant loss, when it's all been taken away. Have you ever been in an an all is lost moment when it seems he's not here? God is gone. And I don't know where he is. Let me rephrase the question. Have you ever had a major happening or happenings in, in your life, in your, in your situation, your circumstances, and you ask, where is God in all of this? What do you do when you thought you knew how it was going to go? How you supposed how it was supposed to go? And it didn't. When you don't understand the plan, especially when the plan centers on the man, the one you believed in and you followed, and you staked your whole life on. But now, you see, they took him, and he's not here. And it's not just Mary that's saying this. She said, and we don't know where he is. Have you ever been in a place where you don't know where God is? You don't know where God's gone. What do you do? Well, in the following scriptures, I'm sure that and that while they were racing back to the tomb that they remember that they remember the angel said, "He's not here. He's risen victoriously." See, it seemed that all was lost and that it, they were defeated. But it says he's not here. It's interesting. The Bible doesn't waste words. It says he's risen just as he said victoriously. The Bible goes on to say, so we remember then there's a realization. They went, they ran, and the, John looked in. The Bible says this. It says just one look was all it took, and he believed. Just one. I'm praying that somebody's listening to me today and that God will open your eyes and that you will realize that when you look at the empty tomb, that you will see that just one look, you'll choose to believe. Yeah. It's just as yeah. he said. Now, there's a lot that happened in between because it didn't look like. It didn't feel like. It didn't seem like. Circumstances and situation was so different in the naturals than the words that Jesus had said. But the Bible says that just one look in the empty tomb, he believed. Now they, they, they went back to their house puzzled. Have you ever been puzzled over maybe not understanding the plan, but believing that God is working, that Jesus is working God's master plan? 
The Bible says this, it says, until then, until that moment when they saw for themselves. Somebody ought to say, I need to see for myself. See, you need to see for yourself. It says, until that, until then. Well, what do you do when you don't know what to do? Until then, you remember, you realize and even come to the place where you rejoice when it's just one look at the empty tomb. Think of that, just one look, and he's not there. And we don't know where he is, but I believe. Yes, yes. I believe that he's working God's plan. I don't understand it all. It seems so strange and so different, but I rejoice yes. in that God is working his plan. Yes. That God is doing something, even when it looks like there's no, there's nothing happening that's positive. It only seems negative. I want to read to you out of Second uh, Corinthians four and seven through fifteen. Would you read that, Miss Sandy? We are like common clay jars that carry His glorious treasure within so that this immeasurable power will be seen as God, not ours. Though we experience every kind of pressure, we're not crushed. At times we don't know what to do, but quitting is not an option. We are persecuted by others, but God has not forsaken us. We may be knocked down, but not out. We continually share in the death of Jesus in our own bodies so that the resurrection life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. We consider living to mean that we are constantly being handed over to the death for Jesus' sake so that that the life of Jesus will be revealed through our humanity. So then, death is at work in us, but it releases life in you. We have the same spirit of faith that is described in the scriptures when it says, first I believed, then I spoke in faith. So we also first believe, then speak in faith. We do this because we are convinced that he who raised Jesus will raise us up with him, and together we will all be brought into his presence. Yes, all things work for your enrichment so that more of God's marvelous grace will spread to more and more people, resulting in an even greater increase of praise to God, bringing him even more glory. Oh, praise God for that. Amen. So what do you do when you don't know what to do? Yes. When we're tempted and tested and troubled? We remember, we realize, and we rejoice when we don't understand the plan and we're under every kind of pressure and persecution, knocked down. What does the beginning of verse 16 say? I'll tell you what it says. It's not on your computer and I'm not going to have to turn to it. But it says, we don't give up. It says, we don't give up. We don't give up. I want to talk to some folks today, perhaps, that you identify with this drama that's unfolded. And that's what it says there. It says that so that we have the same spirit of faith. We believe and we also speak in faith. And we do this because we're convinced that he who raised Jesus yes. will raise us up with him together. And we'll all be brought into his presence. Yes, all things are working for your enrichment. How can you, how can we believe that by faith? We don't give up. We believe that just like the disciples and Mary at that, they took him uh, and he is not here, but they just took one look at the empty tomb. Because you know, the, when hell, death, and the grave says that He's down, dead, and done. Have you ever been in a place where the devil told you you're down, it's dead, and it's done. It's over. I heard the Lord say this in my my spirit uh, this morning. This is a resurrection. This is a resurrection statement. There's power 
in it. I pray that it goes off in you like it went off in me. Now, it doesn't need to be, you know, fireworks and all that kind of stuff, but that a strength, a strengthening in your inner man, a hope that there's, there's hardly anything more powerful than hope. And the message of uh, when hell, death, and the grave says you're down, it's dead, it's done. The empty tomb, the message of the empty tomb says it ain't over. That's right. Now I can imagine, sometimes we have to put ourselves in the situation. We have to identify. You know, I can imagine. So they just one look and... And and that's all it took. They believed. You know, believing starts out with just a hope, maybe just a whisper. Maybe just a remembering and a small realization. And I I can imagine, have you ever had, you know, the Lord isn't going to shout until we are ready to get out of here. But he still whispers. It's still a small voice. And I can imagine John and I can imagine Peter standing there and thank God for the Holy Spirit. They were familiar with him. They'd been with the one that was filled with the fullness of the Spirit of God. They'd heard the voice within the voice. Remember Peter, you know, when uh, Jesus said, Who do men say I am? They all under, they'd all heard about what people thought Jesus was all about, who they thought he was as natural men. And even those that were spiritual in the day thought, you know, even the thief on the cross said, what kind of a Messiah are you? We've heard all our lives you are going to deliver us from not just, you remember he's hanging on a Roman cross from this occupation, from this, this, this thing that we're... Living in under the rule of Rome. Our lives are hard. This is not God's plan for our life. And they, as they understood the, that, that Messiah was going to come full blown in all of his glory and rescue them and redeem them. And their, and their definition of that was that he's going to be the conquering king and now we'll be free. See. Well, I, I just believe that uh, when Peter said, you're the Christ, the son of the living God. Now listen, this is important because Jesus said, men didn't show that to you. You didn't get that out of even the book. Even the Pentateuch, even the Torah, you didn't get that from men. You didn't get that from your religious training. See, you've recognized The Father showed that to you. It came by the Spirit of God. Well, I believe the same Spirit. See, aren't you glad that it says God has not forsaken us? Don't you think they felt forsaken? Have you ever felt forsaken? They ran to see. We don't know where he is. They've taken him. We don't know where he is. But when they bent down, I can just hear the Holy Spirit whisper, it ain't over. Don't you know the devil been hollering, it's over. He's down, he's dead, and this thing is done. But the Holy Spirit whispered in their ear, it ain't over. And he sees if we'll listen to the still small voice in the midst of it don't feel like, it don't seem like. It don't look like he's not here. We don't know where they've taken him. But the Holy Spirit says, it ain't over. It ain't over. You didn't understand the plan. It didn't work out like uh, from the mind of man. But it ain't over. It ain't over. Say with me, say, it ain't over. Whatever God told you, it ain't over. Whatever God promised you, it ain't over. Whatever God is working, redemption in your life, it ain't over. See, you know, your family may have given up on you. You may have given up on you. You might have thrown away uh, and and it been tucked away and buried the empty. 
Chetum screams, it ain't over, but it starts with a whisper. It said just one look at the empty tomb and the only evidence that they had to go in the other way because he's not here. We don't know where he is, but the Holy Spirit's here today saying it ain't over. I'm talking to somebody today that you think that it's de- it's down, it's dead, it's done. You've made such a mess of things. The devil has done it. Let me tell you, Jesus came to undo what the yes. devil has yes. done. Yes. There's nothing the devil has done that the de- that Jesus cannot, will not, and has not undone. The undone has begun, and it's not us. It's the devil that's undone in this thing. It ain't over. Say it ain't over. Sometimes you need to just whisper it, you know, when you're down for the count, when it looks bad, when you don't feel like getting up, when you don't feel like there's anything to get up for. Sometimes you have to whisper to yourself, it ain't over. It ain't over. Repeat what the Lord said. It ain't over. We have the same spirit of faith, so we say the same thing when we hear God say, it ain't over. God is talking to somebody in this house today and beyond this house today and saying, it ain't over. Is there anybody can give me a witness in this place today? You may be puzzled. You might not understand. You might be disappointed in all of your expectation. Hear the word of the Lord today. Honey, the empty tomb is beginning to raise its voice. It ain't over. I know they went back puzzling over what they had just seen, but one look was all it took. They saw an empty tomb. They heard the spirit whisper, it ain't over. And every step back to, well, what's going to be next? Because it ain't over. Say it with me. Say, it ain't over. Why you say that, Pastor? Because somebody needs to hear the voice that today the dead will even hear his voice. And this is what he's saying. It ain't over. Maybe all you think that all God is gone. Life has just taken him away from your experience. You've gone so far, and the devil says too far. And you bought into that they've taken him, and all there is, all I can see is that him dead, them taking him down from the cross and putting him in that tomb. But you know, that's not the final word. Down, dead, and done is not the final word. The devil doesn't get to have the final word. Anybody listening to me today in this house? Because, you know, haven't we been through some times these last two years? Haven't we been through some things, both personally, in a community, in our families, in the nation, in the world even? Doesn't sometimes it feel like and seem like and look like that the devil has the upper hand? Doesn't it sometimes feel like all has been lost? And it doesn't feel like there's anything that you can do about it. Let me tell you, God still is working his plan. Have you ever been in a place where, you know, God, I... You know, I'm so used to being in your presence. I like that verse of scripture where it says that God, we believe that God together with Jesus will raise us together with Jesus and we will be brought into his presence. Why would you live forsaking the presence of God? No, he's not here. in the physical sense that they understood. But his design and desire was, he said, for a little while you won't see me, but I will come back to you. Yes, yes. When he saw the napkin, I'm coming back. But he was coming back in the person of the Holy Spirit. He said he'll be with you. See, if he wasn't with you, you couldn't believe that I'm the Christ, the Son of the living God, but he's going to be in you. He's going to be, to all my friends that think you got all the dose of the Holy Ghost that you need, let me tell you, there's more. Yes. 
It ain't over when you, even when you think you're so full you can't hold anymore. There's a running over measure. There's an outflowing measure. There's a, there's a abundance measure that you haven't even tapped into the goodness of God that he has planned and designed. The Bible says, eye has not seen, ear has not heard. The glorious things that God has planned for those that love him, but he has revealed them to us by his spirit. Somebody ought to say, it ain't. It ain't over. See, you ain't even to the fullness. If you ain't running over, you ain't even got to the fullness yet. Why are you going to live in less than what God has? If you're hearing what God is saying to you today, and you are in a place where it seems like he's gone, and you don't know where he is, let's get you found today. He's knocking at the door of your heart. If you hear him, the Bible says, remember that door opens in. You have to open in and let him come in. And the Bible says he will come in and have fellowship with us, have intimacy with us. Maybe you've gotten away from God. You know, Easter is a time when this season, when we remember, we remember these things. It's important to remember the angel said he's not here. He is risen victoriously. There's victory for your life. I hope I'm not, uh, I hope this isn't lost on you. I hope this isn't get lost in the shuffle of, you know, we had the trial, the Easter Bunny lost. You remember the story about the pig and the chicken and there was going to be ham and eggs for breakfast and the chicken didn't have as much to lose as the pig. One had a certain measure of commitment. The other one had to be all in, whole hog. See? It's the same in this. Don't. Don't don't let Jesus get lost in the in the all the outward celebrations they're, though they're wonderful and they're important you know but this is a time where the greatest message is God saying it isn't over matter of fact it's just beginning would you like a new beginning would you like a fresh start aren't you glad that that's the message of the resurrection that things can be completely down completely dead and feel like they're completely done, but God's not done with you yet. God's not done fulfilling his promises. God's not done because Jesus says it ain't over until God says it's over. How about letting God have the final word in your life? You know, when we stand in front of God, uh, he's going to say, what say you? And let me tell you, you know, the only, the only thing I'm going to say from what I find out from the scripture is Jesus is my Lord yes. and Master. Yes. I put all of my trust in him. I'm going to let my lawyer do the talking from here out. Well, what gives you the right? I claim the blood that was shed for me on Mount Calvary. I call to exhibition the empty tomb, the garden, the cross, and the empty tomb. Hallelujah. Anybody listening today, you might have need of more. You might not even realize that there was more. See, you might have bought into a thing that says, you know, uh, it's all done. It's over. I don't know if you've ever been in that place. That's a, that's a place of choosing, isn't it? It's a place of decision. It's a place where we have to just, like Pastor Sandy says so many times, only believe. Do you know the walk of God? The walk with God is only believing. It's just trust. In the face of it doesn't look like, it doesn't feel like, it doesn't seem like, yet... We hear this Holy Spirit whisper the plan of God, the promise of God in our life. 
I want to hold you to a place of decision and ask you for a decision today. Oh, God's been working on you. I know things have been happening all around, and you're primed right now in a great position uh, to let God change your condition. He starts believing, the Bible says, is of the heart. For with the heart, a man or a woman, a person, believes unto righteousness. The right Ways of God, God says, it. you're going to have to take it by faith. You're going to have to only believe. You're going to have to choose to just trust. And when you do, the Bible says this, that uh, when we believe one certain thing, Pastor Ron, if you would come for just a moment. Uh, it, says, it says, for with the heart man believes unto righteousness and confesses with our mouth Jesus as Lord, but we believe this, that God raised Jesus from the dead. That's central. That's the one thing that we believe. And, and as it, in Paul's letter to the Ephesians, it simply says this. It says, we are convinced of that when God raised Jesus, that he'll t- with Jesus together raise us. To that new life, yes. to the life lived in yes. the presence of yes. God. Not just heaven. You can't wait till you get to heaven. You have to make that decision here and now. If ever there was a day when people start thinking that it might all be over. It might even just be the beginning of over. Jesus said, these are the signs. I... I you know, there's no need to try to scare anybody. Fear is everywhere. We're either in fear or we're in faith. There's no escaping fear except believing the perfect love that God has for us. The only way is believe the love that God has for us. Otherwise, there's fear of the future. There's fear of failure. There's fear of not measuring up. There's fear of it's all over. We're living in a day and in a time that the Bible says we don't know the hour, but that we would be in a certain season and we could recognize the signs of the season. If you look around outside, you, you, you see the trees budding, you see the, the bushes flowering out, you know, uh, and they're seasonal, aren't they, when the azaleas start blooming and the dogwoods come on and all of the little... Uh, flowering crabs and all of that and the flowers start coming up out of the ground we know spring is here there's a certain season and then they'll be followed by that and that's the what the lord said he goes you won't know the day the exact day or the hour that's with the father but you will come into a season he said and when you see the fig the fig coming in on the fig tree When you just see it starting, he goes, you know that your redemption is drawing nigh. We're nearer now than we've ever been. Are you far away from God? Have you drifted far from God? Today would be a great day to come back to him. To take a look at what this book says, just like John. To come in, I'm I'm praying that there's a reality right now in your life. Just one look at this empty tomb will erase the devil's lie where he says you've gone too far. There's no hope. There's no use. God is gone. He's not here. And you don't know where he is. Let me tell you, God knows exactly where you are. God saw you last night. He saw you yesterday. He saw you. He sees you right now. And he calls you to come home. He calls you to believe. He calls you to believe the love that he has for him. Let's pray this simple prayer right now. And listen, right now the Holy Spirit's working both in the house, both near and far. He's drawing people to Jesus. He's lifting Jesus. This is Jesus. This, this day belongs to Jesus. You heard the evidence. You saw the trial. This is Jesus' day. And it's resurrection day. It's the empty tomb day. It screams, it ain't over. God's wanting to start all over again with you. Wipe the slate clean. Give you a new heart. Wipe away all the yesterdays. 
all the pain, all the disappointment, all the hurts, all the lies, all the separations, all of the mistakes and failures. In a moment's time, you can start all over again with God because it isn't over. It's all that will be over is the old. Behold, the new will come. You can become a new creation. God says, I'll give you a new heart. I'll put a new spirit in you. And I'll give you a heart that's tender towards me. I'll give you a heart that can, that can respond to me. So let's pray this prayer. Mean it from your heart. Dear Jesus, I've got all the evidence I need. It just takes one look and see what you've done and believe what you're doing, that there is a future that's better than my present, that's greater than my past, that's larger than any excuse, larger than any reasoning or argument. I thank you, Lord, that your plan for me is greater than I can understand. But right now, I place my life in your hands. And I believe my hope is in you. I put my trust in you. As much as I know how, I believe you. And I have faith in you that you will raise me up into right relationship with the Father. Restore me. Renew me. Reconcile me to God right now. And I thank you for it. I say, by faith, my sins are forgiven. I say, by faith, Jesus, you're my Lord. Now be my master. And I thank you for it. I'll follow you all the days of my life as you help me. All the way to heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. I say, I am saved. Amen. I want you to say one more time. Say, it ain't over. It's just beginning. See, welcome to a brand new tipping point and turning point. We're in such a significant season with the Lord Jesus Christ. I hope that and pray, both Pastor Sandy and I, that this is a wonderful day, a brand new day, a new beginning for you. Remember this, it's not over. Please understand the plan of God that it is always uh, our prayer for you is that you would have a heart that's at rest as you realize how very blessed you are. Until the next time, we bless you in the name of Jesus. I want to say something. I'm not waiting until Christmas for Omari to come back. That's right. Well, ushers That's can right. go ahead and serve the people. We're going to take communion if you'd like goes. to wait he a gone. few minutes. You tell them I ain't waiting until. And you out there, you got gifts and talents and abilities. You know that what a blessing today has been when you just take out of what God has given you and you're willing to share that with the rest of us. How blessed we've been today. Isn't that true? Amen. And listen, you know, uh, you know, you have permission to be a witness for the Lord Jesus Christ. And, and we'll, give you, we'll give you a platform if you're going to give the praise and glory and honor to Him. And we're so very blessed to have uh, those that are willing and that will follow through and be obedient to just do what God has put in your, in your heart to do. Amen. Don't let, the, uh, don't let fear... Uh, stop you see nobody does anything perfectly at first but once you do it and then you do it again amen I like what Omari said he goes I'm back you know isn't Jesus is stirring hearts isn't he stirring hearts people want to get their babies dedicated people want to be baptized people you know want to make things right before God what is that that's the moving that's the whispers that's the wind the gentle breeze of Jesus beginning to blow it's the breath of God moving things around moving hearts changing minds amen can you can you tap into that for just a moment Glory be to God. There are two.
things we're going to toast to today, you know, and that really, uh, the world has, has run off with this, you know, they always say, I want to make a toast. Jesus said, I want to make a new covenant. I want you to do this every time that you do it. I want you to remember me. And here's how I want you to remember me. What I'm doing. Everything I'm going through. I'm doing that for you. I'm putting an end to the old. I'm fulfilling the old. I'm not taking it away. I'm just fulfilling it. I'm doing everything that was written beforehand in the scriptures about me. I'm taking the responsibility of that and I'm doing that for you. Everybody say, for me. Anybody, everybody have the elements that wants the elements? We invite all of you. You don't have to if you don't want to, but if you want to, we're, gonna, we're just going to do this. Two things. Number one, we're acknowledging the tomb is empty. He's not in. He's not there anymore. He's done moved on. He moved up and he moved on. Do you know you're going to move on? In believing in the resurrection? Are you ready to move on? (laughs) Are you ready to move up and move on uh, with the Lord? Amen. Now I'm going to tell you what. Some of you think it's going to be with a different person in a different place and a different time. Let me tell you, you'll still be the same person if you're putting your hope in those things. Because it's not things. Put our hope in him. The change comes from the inside. This was all about Jesus saying, I'm going to change you from the inside. I'm going to start small and it will seem like it grows slow and goes slow. But eventually, this new life, this new covenant is going to take over everything. Spirit, soul, and body. And there will be more of your life under control You'll be un- there'll be more of your life under the dominion of the king. As you let me take over you, I'm going to cause you to take over everything, everywhere that you go. So he lifted up the bread first, and he said, take, eat, and he broke it, the Bible says. And he said, I want you to remember that my body was broken for you. Now, what does that mean? broke the power that sin has over our flesh he broke the power of sickness and disease ability to conquer you and control you he broke the power of hell death and the grave for the bible says that one day that this mortality will take on immortality and that the that your body will be raised brand new a brand new body that will be built for eternity that can travel at the speed of life that can stand in the glory of God and not be consumed hallelujah so whatever area you need you need wholeness in your life my body broken for you this was so that we would have wholeness and soundness spirit, soul, and body there would become a harmony in our life that all that we are we could love the Lord with all of our heart all of our mind all of our emotions and all of our physical strength and serve Him with all of our gifts and all of our talents and all of our time and ability and treasure here on this earth so Lord we acknowledge that we thank you that your body was broken for us, that there would be newness in our life. And so we believe you for that wholeness and that soundness and that newness. Even today as we partake of this, I thank you for physical healing being released, emotional healing, healing in the soul, soul ties being broken. There are those that this day that there will be no more torment, no more torment of unforgiveness, what they did to you and what happened to you in the past. I declare there'll be a setting free, a cutting loose of those things. That I break the power and the bind, and of the things that the bondages that bind you in the name of Jesus. We give you thanks, Lord, and we take together. the Bible also says 
that he raised the cup and he declared this cup of the new covenant is ratified, it's sealed. It's forever bought and paid for by my blood. The Bible says that that we could not be redeemed with there is too far and too great a price for silver and gold. The highest measures on the earth. No treasure on earth could. But it says we were redeemed by the precious blood. For the Bible says the life is in the blood. So when we partake of the blood, we're partaking of the life of God. And that life of God is the God kind of life. It is the kind of life that God wants you to have. That God designed you to have. That God died to give you. Don't take that lightly. When we do this, it has significance and serious to the place, not as a religious ritual, but that you are partaking of that life. That you are that you are tasting to see how good the Lord is, because the blood bought everything. Total package. Healing, deliverance, freedom freedom from every fear, every fault, every failure. So Lord, we lift the cup as you raised it up and you said that this was for the new. It all came from you. You paid the price. You did what was required. And all you asked of us is that we would believe. So we do believe you, Lord. We do this as they did in the original Passover with our hearts ready, our heads prepared, our hearts ready to go with you out of the old and into the new. Go wherever you lead us for there is a promised place, a place greater than our present stronger, more than our past. Lord, we thank you for the blood that sets us free to follow you all of the way in Jesus' name. And Lord, we're asking you to reveal, reveal these wonderful things. Give us new eyes to see, new ears to hear. Bring us into the new covenant, Lord, the new words as we hear the sound of miracles and healings and restorations and divine prosperities, Master. Let us walk in the new measures of life that you have for us, a new quality of life, the abundant life, more than we ask for till it overflows for your glory in Jesus' name. Let's partake together. Well, it's been a day, Mama. been a good day. Thanks for listening to today's podcast. We hope you've enjoyed it and pray that you are blessed by God's word. For more information about Passion Church, visit www.mypassion.church.